Howdy folks, this is The Good Speaking. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to like and subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and TikTok. Enjoy the gold. All right, Isaac, one of us is doing the waifu voice. It's going to be you or me, so we're just going to have to... Ooh, ooh. <laughs> God damn it. Ooh, ooh. Ooh, ooh. Oh, God. You would make the perfect e-girl. Notice me, senpai. Notice me. Oh, look, we're rolling. Uh, hello, everyone. Oh, and... shit. I pressed record? Fuck. All right. Welcome hey, back. Hey, everyone. Uh... <laughs> Here we are on the Good, the Bad, and the Boys podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Taryn. I'm Chan. senpai Isaac. <laughs> senpai Isaac. And, uh, yeah. We are diving into more of the anime world this week. We're talking about week. some weeb shit today. We are. Yes. I just found a new spark interest in anime as of late. Weeb! Sorry, continue. I started with my uh, my Cowboy Bebop introduction. Really great show back in college. And then I started watching My Hero Academia and some other little Attack on Titan. That's how they get and you. And my perspective has changed. It has changed. Nice. So it's pretty good. What about good stuff. The, the genre do you enjoy? Yeah, for the genre, I think they don't hold back on concepts, which this uh, true. movie, too, for this week, they don't hold back on anything. It's very cool. It's very unique. Sometimes it's really over-exaggerated and outlandish, but most of the time it works. And I, I really like those high concepts that they present. They don't hold back. So I like this genre. It's not bad. Nice. Yeah, I haven't been too uh, too into it. I find uh, the dialogue in a lot of animes to be very very on the nose. <laughs> be very ridiculous. And, yeah. yeah, on the nose for sure. It's a lot it's, of uh, it's over explanation. Oh there. my god, the over explanation. Very very uh, telling. Very stand there and monologue. Oh, the <laughs> monologues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that that kind of turned me off. For a long time, I uh, watched. Uh, yeah, my roommate too. He he like tried to make me watch Dragon Ball Z, but the entire <laughs> like first two episodes was just them standing and screaming at each other, and not fighting. And I was like, uh, I can't do this, uh... man. Just, I can't do this. <laughs> yeah, I saw the first season of the Attack on Titan, and while I was yeah again crazy concept, just giant naked monsters who just run around and eat people. It's very visceral. Yeah, and. Visceral, cannibalistic, oh, and yeah. creepy. Very creepy, and, and the animation is always so great. It's very, very fluid mm-hmm. and whatnot. Yeah, very sleek sometimes. But oh my god, there was so much talking and screaming. It's like scream talking. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It just turned me off for a while. I liked the, uh, fuck, what's it? The, with the bald guy, he kills people in one punch. One punch man. That makes sense. Oh, yeah, one punch yeah. man. Yeah. I like that one. It kind of makes fun of a lot of those tropes. And that whenever one of them starts to happen, they just get one-punched. And, and that's Amazing. it. That's the whole show. <laughs> so it's kind of like a satire on the genre. That's definitely on my list of anime. That watching. one's probably my favorite of the two that nice. I've seen. Yeah, yeah. Cowboy Bebop is a little more down-to-earth to me. There's barely any monologuing. A couple bounty hunters just going around the solar system. And it's very laid back. Um, yeah, not, not too much hmm. monologuing or anything. That's a good one. As Very good a, one, actually. It's my fave. <laughs> especially with the with the podcast as I've we've started to branch out into a, a wider variety of genres. 
a film to appreciate. I can't just sit at home watching The Lighthouse over and over. <laughs> and I'm sure true. there's only so many times a week you can watch Star Wars. That's true. So, yeah, I'd, I'd say we both broadened our, our genre horizons. We got really into Westerns when we first started it. We did. We've explored Mormon propaganda. <laughs> Through vampire. Uh... Yeah. Talked about vampires twice. Got into twice. CW. Three times, really. Uh, yeah, three separate episodes, two different weeks. I don't know yeah. what the vampire thing is. I think I think it's sort of like a subconscious desire of ours to finish that novel that we talked about last week, Blood and Milk. Blood and Milk. <laughs> Hope you all enjoyed our fanfic. Yeah, if you guys like the, the fanfic intro to that, let us know. <laughs> write it in the iTunes reviews. Write it you know, on we're, the social we're looking media. to, you know, profit, you know. I actually. will take any excuse to finish this audiobook slash start this audiobook <laughs> and egging me on. No, I think we could gain a following, maybe. I don't know. I think I think it could get a cult following. <laughs> yeah, a little cult following, yeah. I used to know someone who read weird shit like this, like, just all the time in high school. Like, those are just your favorite books. Oh. Erotic fan fictions on the internet. <laughs> some some backroom Reddit shit. Yeah, some yeah. backroom... <laughs> <laughs> but with illustrations Dark by web. DeviantArt. <laughs> yeah, but speaking of anime titties, what are we watching? What are we talking about today? We were, we were talking about Your Name. Your Name. It came out in 2016. I did not know about this film at all. Uh, and it was premiered, it premiered at the 2016 Anime Expo it did. in LA. I was at school at the time, and I did go to an anime expo i can't remember though if it was 2016 or 2017 the next year i sure it wasn't both uh no i only went to one you've been to it every year since then no unfortunately not cons are expensive yeah i bet i may have seen posters of it but i don't i don't remember i, I don't remember this film coming out so i suppose but really good yeah if you were at an anime expo and you were saying what you like about the genre just some ridiculous high concept concepts <laughs> plots yeah. and stories and wild action stuff a 2d animated like fantasy romance may not have popped up on the radar yeah right even the poster itself it just seems very tame yeah although the art is very very pretty in this movie it's my god good. it's amazing oh even it's just the probably one of the most stuff. beautiful anime i think i've ever seen in my life yeah to be honest Compared to all the shows I've watched so far. Compared to all the is, porn I've watched so far, notch. this is definitely the prettiest <laughs> one. <laughs> I knew there'd be a hentai joke in there somewhere. Oh, you say joke singular. <laughs> Buddy, just you wait. <laughs> yeah, and it would... Really just begun. I, prior to doing more research on this, figured that that would be a fair assumption. But then after looking at the statistics, the box office, and the critical reception of this movie, I've calculated that it's just because we're ignorant fucking Americans. And we have no... Yes. We just <laughs> did not... We, we didn't notice because we didn't care to notice. This movie... I'm going to break down some box office stats. Because holy shit. So, Your Name, directed by Makoto... Fuck, I'm going to butcher a lot of names in this. Shin Shinkai? Makoto Shinkai. He also did 2019's Weathering With You, which I did see a trailer for. Mm. It looked pretty, and I heard it was pretty good. Yeah. But, you know, it's like fucking Infinity War or something that was coming out that year, so I didn't care. <laughs> right. Well, that's that's the thing. Whatever anime expo I went, I, I like, was dressed as Batman. I, I was my, dressed as my Batman. Friend, 
Yeah, my friend, we were we were doing like a little D- DC I don't know, cosplay <laughs> themed and there are a surprising number of superhero animes. I when I was younger, yeah. I'd watch a lot of like, you know, the DC animated stuff and as the Avengers started to come Teen out. Teen Titans was slightly, you know, and in, in dipping into that genre. I think. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Is it just cuz the waifu ass opening song for Teen Titans? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but this movie was huge in Japan. Holy shit, it was big. It's distributed by Toho Distribution Company. They're known for like the big ass kaiju movies, all like the crazy superhero shit. Oh, heck they yeah. are like a big, big publishing studio in Japan. They back in the day did the Akira Kurosawa films. Mm. Um, and he's oh yeah, the Kurosawa. Yeah, yeah so like the last Sam. Yeah, all the one of the most influential filmmakers of the 20th century. Um, the Star Wars inspiration. Yeah. Himself. <laughs> yep. The old samurai westerns of Kurosawa. Yeah, which uh, the Mandalorian director, I forget her name, she she was heavily inspired by Kurosawa. So she was very happy to be a, a part of the Mandalorian nice. development, which was cool. I forget her name, but. A glowing review. <laughs> yeah. So Kurosawa <laughs> films, they also did Studio Ghibli productions. Which, ah. those are the ones that I've been watching recently. I got some weeboo-ass cousin who's really into him. Spirited Away. All yeah, Spirited Away. Miyazaki, the creator of most of them, he's like a Japanese Walt Disney. Yeah. And these Studio Ghibli he productions. He's so creative, too. Yeah. And he's he's so sassy, too, during his like development. I've, I've seen, like... <laughs> My favorite was for... Oh, fuck, what was it? I think Princess Mononoke was going to get oh, a U.S. release. Still need to see that. And uh, this is this is the Chad move of his that like ruined their relationship with Disney. Uh, Disney wanted to trim oh. it down because it was like almost a three-hour movie. Um, they're like, we're going to trim it down so that our brain-dead American audiences can uh, comprehend it. Is that cool with you? <laughs> and then in a letter back, he sent them a katana. <laughs> and <he's> just, <laughs> he said, no, you can trim with this. <laughs> so I don't oh, know if that was shit. like maybe a Kill Yourself reference or what. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, Mononoke ended up getting released at full length. <laughs> nice. It's like I challenge you. I challenge it. Yeah. I'll sword fight you for, for the, the rights. rights. Of my... <laughs> nice. Yeah. So anyway, this is all of that stuff happens under the Toho banner. They're like the distrib the distributor. And so Sinkai's movie, Your Name, also distributed under it. This movie blew the fuck up in the East. It was the third highest yeah. grossing anime film of all time. It was the very first non-Miyazaki film, so not Studio Ghibli, um, not Miyazaki film to earn more than $100 million at the box office. Ooh. And thanks to the, the good old nuclear bombs, $100 million is 10 billion yen. Ooh. I thought for some reason, <laughs> when I was looking at box office records, I thought that yen was worth more than the US dollar. So then I saw that your name grossed billion yen. I was like, holy shit. (laughs) Wow. This guy's a trillionaire. And then I looked up a conversion chart and a yen is worth like nine cents. Yeah. (laughs) The Ethiopian currency is worth more than yen. World War II, baby. Yeah, that's why Japan trades in mostly waifus now is the main form of currency. Yen is sort of (laughs) secondary. Your name, it was number one for nine consecutive weekends at the box office and 12 non-consecutive. Uh, again, 41 billion yen. That is $380 million. And they didn't post a budget officially, but I went down the rabbit hole of Reddit weebs who really like this movie. And in between all of the deviant art, like smut and the fan theories <laughs> about what happens next, I've, I've garnered that 
people speculate it's it had between like a 10 and a 30 million dollar budget and they made almost 400 million dollars stupid amount of money yeah that's that is really good yeah everyone is just rich double tripled (laughs) yeah it is dummy thick it was nominated for dummy thick 17 high profile accolades like awards Best Director, Best Picture, Best Animation, Best Soundtrack, you name it. They were nominated for it. They won nine of them. It better have been nominated. <laughs> it's fucking great. It is, it is a really great good movie. Film. It beat out The Force Awakens in 2016 for box office performance. Ooh. And Force Awakens everywhere else in the world. This was uh, this is in Japan, I should say. It beat out Force oh, Awakens. Oh, right. The rest of the world was like, fuck that weeb shit, Star Wars. <laughs> but no, in Japan, it beat out Force Awakens for box office nice. performance. And your name comprised 10% of all the box office sales of 2016 in Japan. Uh, It was so good that in 2017, J.J. Abrams, the man whose movie they beat out, announced that there will be a live-action American remake of your name. Really? (laughs) Yes. That is a horrible idea. Oh, it is. Thanks, J.J. Abrams. It gets worse. (laughs) So your name is about two people, a guy living in Tokyo and a girl living in like a rural Japan uh, city or town. Uh, and they occasionally swap Make her bodies. a scavenger. No, I was kidding. Make her a scavenger. Let, let Reddit write it. <laughs> That's the anime concept. In the J.J. Abrams live action one, it's going to be a Native American woman and a, a white dude in Boston, and they're going to occasionally switch bodies. <laughs> yep. And Toho has stated that they want it to be a Western interpretation of it. So I think Toho has mm. probably just sold it for a dummy amount of money and then are just trying to distance themselves from the American version as much as possible. <laughs> they saw what yeah, happened. That's, that's for a good good reason. Yeah, they saw what yeah. happened with the Willem Dafoe Death Note live action uh, Netflix movie. God. So they're like, yeah, these... I still have not seen that. And I, and I don't plan to. I don't want to. <laughs> well, if we're getting more into weeb shit, maybe we could look for another live action anime. <laughs> maybe we could compare yeah. the show to the movie. Yeah, maybe. I hear the show is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And the movie has uh, Willem Dafoe in it. You know how much we love that guy. The king. How bad could it be? How bad could (laughs) it be? Yeah. So this movie blew up. And so before the Yankees ruin it, be sure to check out your name. Do it before it gets ruined. That's the performance. That's that's the money behind what people thought of it. But what do the most important people of all, the boys, think of it? Amazing. Uh, Amazing. I don't know. It started out pretty funny. It had like the TV show intro. Just reminded me of like My Hero Academia, the way it opened. <laughs> Little title. It was like, call. yeah, this, was the like, sitcom yeah. title song. <laughs> it really did. I was like, uh, yeah, okay. You know, I guess that of how they present their movies, I don't know. But but yeah, no, once once you get into the film too, it just, it, yeah, it feels so grounded, even though it has a high concept of time. And it's about uh, two people that live in different parts of, of town. And they keep switching bodies. I'm not sure how frequently they switch bodies, but they switch bodies. They get to know uh, each other's lives. They make a few of their own adjustments to their lives. She's being a wingman, trying to get him with this girl. Um, I don't know. It's it's so hard not talking about the time thing. <laughs> the time displacement. The time shenanigans. Yeah, well, shit. Let's get into it. Yeah, the movie has a very... Like the messages of the movie... Where it's, um, they say the threads of time, you know, they they intertwine, they split, they break apart, and they meet together again. You have a, a great um, moment with uh, his grandma, or that, or no, her grandma, that uh, weaves fabric. Him, him and her body. 
talking to her grandma. <laughs> yeah, him and her. Right, yeah. <laughs> it was a little confusing. But yeah, uh, she she has a great explanation of it, of how time weaves itself. It disconnects and then it reconnects again. You know, leaves fall and then they get picked back up. A bunch of metaphors, a bunch of maybe cryptic time dialogue from the grandma. Some Dark Souls time explanation. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm surprised she didn't do the Dark Souls NPC laugh at the end of the monologue. <laughs> You're going to die. You're <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. She has this red string that is pretty prominent throughout the film. There's always these like red lines or like red accents to certain scenes. I want to go back and watch and see like when those appear. And they ha- they have to appear mm-hmm. at like the the most notable time connection moments between them, so I'd have to go back and watch like when they when they appear. But some significant moments, even in the opening intro, you you see like this ribbon just tied to both of them. Yeah, great visual. It adds a certain mysticism to it, and they're part of this grand cosmic scheme. There's a comet that's flying through the town. It's visible. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not explaining this very well because. It's- super good but yeah (laughs) it is it is wonky it feels like it's um like there's a few different plots that start the time aspect isn't introduced for a while so uh, yeah going into the story it's two people who randomly wake up in each other's bodies it's attributed to to dreams a lot they think that they're dreaming but they realize that they actually are waking up in another person's body yeah. and they kind of forget the experience when they go back to their own like weird amnesia um yeah know. like like waking up from a dream and you yeah, kind of don't packs. really remember it mm-hmm. and so they the whole first act of the movie is them it's sort of like a it is a little sitcom it's them just trying to live each other's lives and very slowly which i think this is something the movie does very well too is like there's a lot of setups that all pay off they do sporadically yeah. throughout the movie so it'll be something that's introduced at the beginning of Act 1 that's paid off at the beginning of Act 2. Some at the end of Act 1 that's paid off at the beginning of Act 3, and so on and so on. And then they all sort of culminate at the end of the movie. Very, very well balanced in that. And yeah, that's that's what I noticed about this film. Similar to the conclusion I had like about like The Fly or like some of those classics. Like There's so much genre. There's, it's, a, it's almost a mix match of genre. Mm-hmm. And it's balanced super well. You got kind of, yeah, the, the comedy, the romantic comedy. You have, you know, the drama. You also have this, like, heightened epic themes to it. And it's all well balanced. And it's this huge mix of everything. But, yeah, again, yeah, it's 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 really cool. It just starts out simple. And then it kind of unravels itself yeah. into this big The whole first scheme. act is very much dedicated to just establishing the two characters whose names I will now butcher. Follows the story of <laughs> Taki. I'm not even going to say his last name. He's just, he's Taki. He's like a high school boy in Tokyo. Uh, and the other lead is, oh, fuck me, Mitsuha. Mitsuha? Yeah. Mitsuha? She yeah. is a high school girl in like a rural town. It's a fictional town of Itomori. And they occasionally switch bodies. So the whole first act is just getting to know their characters and just them seeing each other's yeah. wildly different lives. Like she sees how busy this guy is, and they develop that bond, that ribbon, mm-hmm. that time ribbon together. Great dialogue too. It's really funny. There's a lot of funny moments, um, and the characters are well realized. And, and there's a lot shown through um, through action. 
which I think I liked in this one a lot more than any other yeah, animes much, I've watched. Much more visual, yeah. A lot of times they don't outright say, oh, here I am waking up in this girl's body today, or I'm in my body today. Mm-hmm. Um, you could tell when they wake up, like, who's in their body by their mannerisms. It's all I really animated so well. And the way they talk, too. Yeah, the <laughs> way they cool. talk, they have very distinct dialect. It's, it was a little harder for me to make out because I was just listening to you know them speaking and then reading the subtitles. But even just the way it looks, like when when she's in in Taki's body, he like he sits very effeminately, um, yeah. like just a way you wouldn't picture like a seventeen year old boy sitting. You could easily <laughs> see a seventeen year old girl sitting. Uh, I think the most realistic aspect is whenever he wakes up in her body, he will just touch her. He'll just touch his own boobs <laughs> just... for for like five minutes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like nice. Which. Yeah, great comedic moment too at the at the end too when he finally is able to switch back with it. Oh yes, Hilarious. they lose he's just like <laughs> lose connection for a while, and then he he wakes up in her body again. He's like, oh my god, and it opens. You see him like giving giving himself a hug in her body, like they've reconnected. <laughs> and then her sister opens the door, and he's just like crying and touching his boobs. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I do that. Yeah, that's 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 a, that's a if a seventeen year old boy switched bodies with a 17 year old girl I, yeah what's thing number one <laughs> <Yeah>. you do <laughs> right <laughs> so very funny again it, it's that down-to-earth feel while also feeling like they're a part of this you know bigger scale event uh, and it's so detailed too just the yeah. like, environments around them between rural and urban japan there's so many little details and you see the stoplights go on lots of it looks like an actual photo of like taken out of a photograph, you know, at some moments. I mean, you can mm-hmm. tell it's uh, drawn in, but it's super well drawn in. Or oh, it yeah. It looks real. And Age with signs. With all the landmarks and, and everything. People in the background, even, like, what they're doing as they talk to, you know, themselves yeah. and, and to the side characters and whatnot. Um, just, like, everyday life. And that's really hammered in in the first act. So you really, yeah, it starts off pretty uh pretty soft but the concept is interesting and entertaining enough that you're you're still very much engaged for the first act and and, and not not to say that there isn't anime style to it as well i mean you still have like the accentuated facial you know expressions and you know if they're tired you'll have like the sweat drops and everything <laughs> you know it's like certain like charactery things like it's not without its yeah it's not without the uh, yeah values and the personality of it personalities yeah i it must just be like a japanese thing i don't know whenever anyone talks to anyone about like a relationship or something there's always like the anime the gas yeah yep the the gas like subtle bro a little little flush of the cheeks yeah the flush cheeks but it's not it's not the entire plot like a lot of other things I've seen, it's not like no, no, yeah, it's not it's, filler. It's it's greatly overshadowed by yeah the wonderful world and artistry, good uh, good graphics. Yes, beautiful. Like we said, you know these anime genres don't hold back on some of those high themes and concepts, and you know that's when the time goes into play. And Taki has to save her um, from total destruction of this this overhead comet that is yes supposedly connecting mm-hmm. the two on a cosmic scale the, the ribbons are connecting comet splits and you know that, that's that's when they you know separate and whatnot permanently and so then it becomes kind of like frequency 
I don't know if you ever seen that with I have not Jim, seen Jim Caville or something. Frequency. Where he has to like save his dad from dying through a radio kind of thing where he has hmm. some the right time frequency and he's able to talk to his dad so he's able to like talk his dad through I may have heard of that uh, one. Avoiding his death. I think yeah. I've seen a trailer it's, for that it's one. Similar. Yeah, so the stakes do like gradually increase. The first act is just, you know, like a the the rom com body swap, like an anime freaky Friday. Then the second yeah, act really Taki goes to visit her in person. Yeah, this is the low point yeah. of, you know, the characters. Mm-hmm. He learns she died three years ago. Three years ago. The comet struck. In a, in a massive comet destruction, which um going back to the creator too. He he visited the there's a great uh, earthquake off the Pacific coast of Tohoku. Oh man, God, Tohoku. <laughs> uh, uh, 2011. It was a, just a massive earthquake. One of the largest. I think it was like the fourth largest earthquake so far, but like one of the highest earthquakes in Japan. Oh wow! And he visited that site, and he was just like, that. This could have been any town. It could have been my town. So he kind of wanted to. I think that's what inspired him with this whole story uh, when he visited that site. Just seeing the pictures from the Great East Japan earthquake, you know, I could tell he's he really drew from those visuals of the destruction and kind of incorporated it into his his world there too. Um, like a disaster movie meets Freaky Friday meets yeah. <laughs> time thriller with a little Japanese myth thrown in. It's amazing. It's such a good mix of everything. Good storytelling on on his on his part yeah i thought it was great and the the gradual increase to the climax is also excellent the whole second act is like sort of this hunt through time to find each other again and then the third act once they've reconnected is like trying to save the town from the comet and it was you know all of this was hinted at throughout the movie it's not like one of those movies where it's one thing and then all of a sudden like the rising action happens like (laughs) three quarters of the way in and they just get some big blown up like plot out of nowhere yeah it, it very gradually leads to the climax but and it, and it is a very satisfying conclusion it is honestly looking back on just the story arc it really follows the beats really well <laughs> man when, when it hits that her town was destroyed and the fact that it was three years ago man i was just like bam you're like oh shit this is a time thing now you know you know like yeah. 20 minutes ago when you were listening to the grandma talk about like the threads of time and whatnot you're like, all right, you old bitch, that's nice. Get back to the action. <laughs> and you're like, oh my God, it all makes sense. The comet, the threads, the time, the swapping, the so everything. Cool. Yeah, and actually at that moment too, I thought that was like towards the end of the movie. I was like, oh, is this like, this is how it ends. Oh, the and cliffhanger ending. Is that she's gone. Maybe. I Did you know. think it was like uh, the movie with Robert Pattinson, uh, Remember Me, <laughs> where it was like just this whole drama movie and then it just ends with uh... him in in the twin towers on 9-11 and that's the end of the oh, movie shoot. it's like some cliffhanger ending what the he's hell? just on like the top floor there i honestly thought just you know with the way that the genre is presented sometimes it's just like yeah maybe that's i'll just leave leave it hanging and some m night Shyamalan shit yeah make it more existential and it would have been a dark ending very dark it was ending. a dark portion of the movie but it ends so good what a what a happy it ending does. And it really builds up to it as well. I think the and even the plot with the climax is sort of secondary to like the emotional payoff because a lot more time is invested in that in like the characters. That's why even after they spoiler alert, 
um, skip to 10 seconds ahead, save the town. They still <laughs> need to find each other again because now that, you know, he's communicated with her back in time and save the town, she now lives to three years later when they meet. Mm-hmm. And then they flash to like another five years after that and they still haven't met in person yeah. because they keep forgetting about each other. Uh, yeah. Whenever they're not. An amnesia setback. Yeah, they're like. The dream setback. Yeah, the dream setback. And then, you know. So when they do find it, and oh my god, the last like 15 minutes of the movie is them just like passing each other on the street in Tokyo and exchanging like an awkward glance, like they know each other and then going on with their lives. You're like, no, meet. Right. Please, please meet up, which was great. I'm glad they ended on a way more hopeful note, way more positive note. And I think that also services the themes of the movie too, of, you know, destiny, fate, cosmic, what, what is it? finding your soulmate you know ah yes so it's it's almost like the universe is just getting them back together getting them connected on a on a bigger scale the flow of time their own relationship with each other you know they meet and they split apart and it becomes more intertwined in the second half and then they split apart again and then they they finally Mm -hmm. come together so wild yeah crazy themes gosh i think one of the best moments is his like sort of spiritual journey going back to the site um where the twilight happens ah uh, yes twilight uh, to- Todi- todiaki or I-, I forget what she calls it just going back to that central uh you know monastery or like that you know that that little temple it's supposed to represent her concepts the grandma's concepts and the flow of time she always visits pays respects to it um and it's really cool that he you know he trudged through Got to that moment, drank the, you know, whatever, the, the paste. The sake. That, that she... The spit sake. Yeah, the, the, the sake, yeah, the spit sake. <laughs> you should uh, you should sell some some spit sake. You chew up some rice <laughs> and spit it in a cup and just let it ferment for three years. Okay. That would sell. You know, and then we can talk, you know, th- three years apart. Official, the good, the bad, and the boys, Kimiko Saki. <laughs> yeah, commu- yeah, and we'll communicate through time. I was just talking like it's like selling feet pics, like you just sell that to to people on the internet. <laughs> That's what I was talking about. That was my no, I, I, I recommendation. Know, I know you're. <laughs> I know you're. <laughs> you I know, know what you're trying to do. People would pay for that. I know why you're trying to sell me. I'm trying to sell you out. Trying to pimp me sell, out. <laughs> pimp out your spit sake. I get drunk on that. <laughs> drunk on the, spit the taste of your lips. I'm on a ride. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Get your toxic ass out of here. But yeah, no, I, I thought that was one of the best, the coolest moments. Um, just that twilight, last minute connection that they have. And and just the, the whole concept of the twilight just being that disoriented time. Yeah. Time. You know, it, it kind of reminds me of Dark Souls, just how light <laughs> yeah. works. When their their threads reconnect. Yeah. Dark Souls threads, is, it's, uh, it's... It is a Japanese video game, so I don't know too much about Japanese myth lore and how time and light are connected. Yeah, their concept of time might be, yeah, might maybe they have that just common understanding about what time is, but it's really great. I, I loved that part. It was one of the coolest parts. It was, yeah. And it was really devastating, you know, of they're supposed to write each other's name. He doesn't get her name. And then he just writes, I love you on hers because he. <laughs> what a shit. <laughs> no, that was, that was quite devastating. I and I thought too that was like another turn I thought of the the film of where he just says I love you because I know that maybe it, you're just not gonna make it, you know maybe he has given up Oof. or I don't know 
she was in the middle of trying to save this town and then randomly decided to take like a two hour hike up fucking Mount Fuji or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> to Not go looking at her hand. <laughs> she couldn't remember shit. Oh God. But yeah. What a great moment that was. It was, it was. It's a lot of good tension in that film. It's so good. There is. The stakes, they, they get up there. Stakes are raised on a quantum level. The quantum um. level. At first, you know, the stakes are like, are they, how are they going to fuck up my life today? Yeah. And then it becomes like, how do we stop this town from getting nuked by a comet? And then the biggest stake of all, will they find each other again? Yes. Will they find each other? And you know, again, the way it ends, it's perfect. It's like maybe they their love and their relationship really are inevitable just like the comet is you know mm. <laughs> uh, maybe, you know maybe time is very you know time is grounded time you know even though it unravels and it twists and turns it still has that definitive yeah it's cool cool concept wacky high concept yeah. and it all makes sense our our description of it and our review <laughs> may have made it sound a little confusing but uh when you watch the maybe. film uh, again, between what's told and what's shown, which there is a great balance of that, it, it definitely all comes together, and it's all very satisfying to watch unfold. I think a lot of that has to do with, uh, fuck, here I go, uh, Masashi Ando's animation. He was the animation director for this movie, and he also is an animator at Studio Ghibli. While oh, we do nice. say this is the highest-grossing non-Miyazaki film it still has the the Ghibli talent behind it. Yeah, that's cool. It's a a big blend of really talented people. Yeah, that's great. We got a uh, yeah, one of the highest grossing films. So it, it paid off. A relatively tame concept, at least to start out, compared to like all the spirits and wacky shit that happens in a Studio Ghibli movie. It's still very fantastical looking. Uh, even just like street and stoplights, it's all just so glowy and what. Yeah, oh yeah, it's so nice and pristine, the glow, the shine, the cosmic glow and shine, perhaps you could call it. Oh man, oh, that one that one part when he's, I think it is during the twilight phase where he's just like going through like, I don't know, he's just like trying to reconnect the ribbon and just the Doctor Strangey, wibbly wobbly stuff that he goes through. <laughs> one of the coolest sequences he's he's like trying to go through her timeline like even from birth on to oh yeah when they, when they get connected it was crazy when he's tripping out on her spit sake that's some strong stuff isaac come on it, it was very strong <laughs> we imagine how much it would sell we maybe we could you know just like the delphine bathwater maybe we yeah. just go for it maybe we can go for like dr strangey spit sake. isaac's trippy spit sake <laughs> If you could get a trip oh like that off of some <laughs> saliva and rice, like why the fuck are we doing any other drug? <laughs> That's so true. A cheap rices. Yeah, God. I have a I have a request for my fiance when we're done recording this. I'd like to put in an order. <laughs> I'm gonna get divorced when she hears this on the internet. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, was there uh, was there anything you didn't like about the movie that I didn't like? Um. Ah, oh, didn't like. I don't know. Um, honestly, I think, I mean, not not gonna lie. I think the the just really the title sequence, so it doesn't really totally fit. Similar to the the montage, like in the middle of Act One, where it's them going through their lives. Right, Japanese pop song. Yeah, yeah I, I know the the pop artists too. They're they're pretty well known as well. Who who did the music? Maybe it's just because it's not a a genre of music that well i mean i don't usually listen to it i don't know how many do you listen to to yeah, j-pop the rad wimps, i think they're rad called. wimps yeah 
maybe it's like uh it's like putting the Ramones at the beginning of Spider-Man Homecoming. I liked it. Right, yeah. You know, got the the themes of that band or it's like, you know, that sort of countercultural punk rock. Spider-Man's a young buck. Maybe if I knew the band or could understand any of the words, I probably would have appreciated it more. <laughs> right, yeah. No, that's a good point, right? Yeah, exactly. It's speaking more to their culture. I believe that every piece of entertainment should be tailored to American audiences, in my professional <laughs> opinion. If it's not made for me, then it's not good. Then it's not good. My sensibilities in mind. The, the, the boys have spoken. The boys have spoken. That's a fucking decree, Toho. That's a decree. <laughs> Pack your fucking bags, buddy. You're in our town. So. USA. Uh, the, the movie theatrically only released in L.A., I think it was at that con, for like two weeks or something. It was like weeks, the yeah. bare minimum amount that they had to interact with American audiences to be eligible for an Academy Awards nomination, which I didn't see oh. <laughs> on their awards list. I don't know if it even got nominated for anything in the which is stupid in the U.S. Yeah, it, this deserves so much accolades. I don't understand. This is this is up there. This is up there with the greats in American cinema. Even you know, it's just, it's really good, and and that's the that's also what I don't like too. Uh, Makoto the the creator behind all this, he he actually is not satisfied with the film. What? He's not. Yeah, he says there's so much more that he wanted to do, but because of the budget constraints, even though it really paid off. So maybe we'll get a director's Yeah, release the fucking... Release the Makoto... Yeah, release the, the Shinkai, Shinkai cut. <laughs> restore the Shinkai-verse, because, yeah, wow. Yeah, which I would love to see. I, I mean, if there's more to your name that's even, like that makes it even better i want lore by all means geez yeah let's let's do more you know they did have a theorized 10 to 20 million dollar budget and with how beautiful that looked i assume a lot of it went towards that probably yeah um and well i mean with with their gross income i mean now now you have they they got it tools you have you had the money it is proven so go go do it so but but even then i'm like dude like you don't you don't understand what you've just made and you know, I I know there was more you wanted to do, but I'm like, man, be proud of this film. Yeah, that this is, is a, so a masterwork. So I don't I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like is that. that yeah, I guess I can okay agree with, with that. The only thing I don't like is that there's apparently more to like that we haven't seen yet. Exactly. So that's great. That gives me hope. So yeah. release the Shinkai release cut. Release the Shinkai Let's cut. Yeah, good movie. Anything else? Great. Um, anything else? Um, if you guys want some the good. Kiro's Saki, whatever the fuck it's called, Spit Saki. <laughs> Let us know. Leave a five star review on iTunes and and comment that you want some Isaac's Spit Saki. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that statement. You're welcome. And uh let us know what you think of of your name and like and subscribe. Yeah. Let us know. Um and yeah, if there's any wonderful films like this out there, anime genre, let us know. We'd love to take a look at them. I'm sure there's plenty. Ghibli's got plenty. Who knew there was so much good anime to watch? It's not just hentai. Who knew? Now <laughs> Who we knew? do. And you can know too. Well, anyway, back to hentai. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Right. We'll see All you right. on Thursday. We'll see you. Kiss, kiss. Howdy, y'all. This is Terran, a.k.a. The Bad. Thank you for tuning in to our new program. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't get dysentery. Now, 
everybody pretend that I rode off into the sunset. Bye now.